It's keep calm, ah, it's keep calm, and keep calm and cauliflower cheese. It's keep calm, it's keep calm, it's keep calm and cauliflower cheese. It's keep calm, it's keep calm, it's keep calm and cauliflower cheese. Oh yes, we have an absolute belt of bonanza bumper edition of the podcast. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese. It's Chappie, the British butler, here with you um, for the next uh, millennia. Uh, until I have to uh, get uh, get my uh, my uh, master's um, breakfast ready, and uh, it'll be hollandaise sauce. Uh, it'll be uh, eggs Benedict. Um, it might be a dash of Tabasco on top of it, just to spice up his life. Um, anyway, so on this edition of the uh, of the podcast. We're going to be uh, examining Taylor Swift's chunky cable knit sweater. How I think all uh, chunky cable knit sweaters need to be uh, reintroduced into uh, into the modern world here. Uh, we're going to have some East Anglian pub games. We're going to have another fireside ghostly ghastly butler's tale. Um, we're going to have the ultimate heinous crime. Heinous, heinous crime. There's only one. It's Chappie's special prize immediately. There's no missing the board. There's no triple 20. There's no bullseye. It goes straight to Chappie's special prize uh, in Scallywag Darts. And um, so we've got a lot to be packed in here. We're having a, uh, a bumper bonanza edition. This is like when you go on vacation, your suitcase explodes. There's so much material here. This is what we have uh, on, the, uh, on the podcast. And some of the uh, and some of the quotes from the week, I've never wanted to be in a crowd more than I do now. Director Sam Mendes is missing Arsenal games as much as live theatre. Now I'd never miss the Arsenal, being a Spurs fan. I think uh, I can think think of a fate worse than death. It's uh, it's like some chewy bacon not crust up. Uh, Mick Jagger's living room is unremarkable as anybody else's. Zoom is none of the artifice of television, says the broadcast comedian Michael Palin. I used to feel like a freak in every room that I was in, but now I don't feel so strange, says the singer Alanis Morissette. Uh, Only handle your own balls. COVID-19 safety advice spotted at tennis courts in Windsor, Berkshire. I'm afraid we have become a rather tragic sitcom. Look how decrepit we are. The Grand Tour presented uh, James May on 17 years of working with Jeremy Clarkson and uh, Richard Hammond. So... Welcome along in the delight that is Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. It is a little uh, porty of w- portal of whimsy and, uh, and uh, nostalgia. Uh, we delve into some of the eccentricities of uh, being uh, British, uh, being a butler. Uh, we like to uh, scurry around in the butler's nook and uh, see what's uh, hidden in there between the cobwebs and uh, all that dirt and umska that, uh, that would be uh, contained within a, a rather dusty uh, butler's pantry. Uh, don't call me a dumb waiter. Do not call me a dumb waiter. It is, in fact, uh, the, uh, the butler's nook. And you're very and most, most welcome to the podcast. No, 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 no. It's not Tales from the Campania. My uh, rather dastardly, naughty, cheeky, impish little uncle is in Newcastle at the moment. He's uh, swigging some of the uh, warm beer and probably watching a little bit of cricket at the moment. Uh, But why is fashion going all French in the summer of 2020? The French call next weekend's exodus from the cities to the south Le Grand Depart. 
from now on we should as well it seems that the entirety of the british metropolitan elite is also heading there in the next few days even the ones who normally go to uh, tuscany in certain circles you can't swing and shut without uh, knocking into somebody who's so grateful to be hopping on the channel for a couple of weeks in provence to pretend 2020 isn't even happening some are heading to swanky farmhouses in the luberon the haute arbery uh, while others will swap caledonian road for the uh, clandac Bordeaux and uh, the Bourdon and Dordogne. Well, the Dordogne will be full of socks and sandals, crowd as usual. Even for those who left us stew in our own Hanoi back home, summer 2020 will have a French feel. Enlarged pavements for more alfresco dining, nights spent sur la latresse instead of uh, breathing on each other. Somebody uh, has started playing their bongos in the local park which gives even Peckham the student tumblers outside the Rouen Cathedral vibe of a warm evening. Many of us have spent lockdown toting our Wickham market bags to the local shops thanks to the farm fresh delivery boxes and uh, tuned up what Ascardo didn't, yet more cooked for the first time on these shores with the sort of lusciously plump vegetables you only see in Carrefour. In short, we're all Peter Mayo now and the Provençal has looked has barely moved on since he spent a year there over 40 years ago so i think i'm going to go for the breton stripe i think it could take off my covid 15 pounds that i've gained i think the blue and white breton stripe uh maybe with a string of onions around my neck and a jauntily angled beret could be uh, could be the way forward so the breton stripe maybe i'll get a wicker uh, picnic uh, hamper uh, some smoked salmon sandwiches slices of cucumber in there maybe a, a chill bottle of uh, uh, blanc de blanc would be rather lovely followed by uh, a slice of uh, maybe ginger cake to uh, soothe the stomach from any other ills so Cambridge University and Django Land Rover are developing touchless screens. The days of jabbing wildly at touch screens while trying to change the air conditioning and keep an eye on the road will soon be over. The University of Cambridge engineers have created their first no-touch touchscreen. The uh, creation will use artificial intelligence to tell where somebody is pointing as cars rely less on switches and buttons and controls increasingly on a central screen. The group worked with Jaguar Land Rover and will begin to use the technology in vehicles. The painted technology behind the touchscreen is predictive touch and incorporates several factors to ensure the car um, knows when a person is pointing without touch actually touching the screen. This includes gesture and eye tracking devices, environmental conditions, the uh, design of the screen and driver habits to determine what the uh, user intends to select in real time. Well, what I'm, what I'm wondering though, what happens if you have a false eye? If you have a glass eye and it's using, you know, a retro scan, retina scan, or if you have, let's say, a stump or a hook, I mean, how how does that work then? Do you have to have a special imparted like hook glove that has um, that sort of material on so that allows you to touch a screen? What happened with the false eye uh, or the glass eye? Do you have to put a, an eye patch over there for the, uh, for the whole thing to work? I mean, <clears throat> it'd be awful having a very greasy hook or greasy stump when it comes to pressing the uh, the, the, the touch screens here. I mean, it's bad enough with all the um, all the fingerprints and oil and greasy ugh, dirtiness that goes on 
onto the touch screen. But, you know, are we thinking about the people with the car? Are we thinking about Captain Hook? Are we thinking about Stumpy? Are we thinking about Peter Falk Columbo as a glass eye? These are things that we need to consider when it's coming to predictive, predictive uh, touch screens that involve having a uh, finger and pointers and index um, indexes to be able to uh, to uh, touch these screens. And also, uh, you know, if you haven't got a retina in your eye, um, how, how are you going to get the whole, uh, whole screen to work? Come on, scientists, we need to think about this too. So nothing beats on a summer's day, winter's day, or even probably an autumn day at East Anglian Pub Game. Um, so over the course of the uh, next probably 150 years, we'll be doing the pub, the, 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 the pubcast, the podcast even, uh, we're going to be looking at some uh, absolutely delicious East Anglian uh, pub games. And uh, this week, ladies and mantelpieces, we're looking at Dwyer Flonking. It, it, it really sounds like something happened to me in boarding school, but <clears throat> the uh, English game of Dwyer Flonking, also known as Dwyer Flunking, is an East Anglian pub sport involving two teams of 12 players each taking a turn to dance around each other while attempting to avoid beer-soaked dwile, cloth, thrown by the non-dancing team. Dwile is a knitted floor cloth from the Dutch dwile meaning mop, with the same meaning in Norfolk dialect, and a flonk is probably a corruption of flong, which is in past tense of a fling. Uh, the history, uh, g- the game of dwile flonking was played uh, as the Beckles Festival of Sport in 1966, according to the BBC research, no one can remember the score, although team members record feeling pretty fragile the next morning. Dual flonking featured as an element in legal hearings when assessing an application for a license, extension to cater for the diner dance of Waveney Wa- uh, Valley Dual Flonking Association after the Waveney Valley Dual Flonking Association appeared on the Eamon Andrews program in 1967 request for a flonking rulebook received by australia hong kong and america uh, we've got the rules um, according to the lewis arms the rules of the game are impenetrable and the result is always contested a dull-witted person is chosen as a referee or job an owl and the two teams decide who flonks first by uh, tossing a, a sugar beat um, the game begins when the uh, job now shouts here go giver. The non-flonking team joins hands and dances in a circle around a member of the flonking team, a practice known as girting. The flonker dips his dwile dip dwiveler, a pole of two to three foot long, wow, he's a lucky fella, and made from hazel or yew into a bucket of beer, then spins around in the opposite direction to the girters and flonks his dwile at them. If the dwile misses completely, it is known as a swadge. When this happens, the flonker must drink the contestant's ale-filled gazunda, a chamber pot that goes under the bed, before the wet dwile is passed from hand to hand along the line of now non-girting girters chanting the ceremonial mantra of pot, pot, pot. It's something you hear in Colorado quite a bit. A full game comprised of the two schnurds, each schnurd being one team taking a turn at girting. The job now adds interest 
and difficulty of the game by randomly switching the rotation of the will levy, drinking penalties on any player found not to be taking the game seriously enough. So here we go. Here are the points, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, plus three, a wonton uh, is a direct hit on the Goethe's head. Plus two, a mother is a body hit. Plus one is a ripper, uh, a leg hit. And minus one is a sober person at the, uh, at the end of the game. So this could be a podcast porker special here. Princess Anne reveals her passions, chatting to pigs and helping the planet. She hates fly tipping, loves her Gloucester Old Spot. Gloucester Old Spots are huge, ginormous porkers, um, several tons, uh, very pretty spots in them, massive snouts and very jowly. Um, she boasts an HGV license and is happy to describe herself as a jack of all trades. Is revealing if unusual portrait of Princess Royal in the Country Life magazine that marks her 70th birthday uh, next month. Uh, she, she cares about the countryside. She urges everybody to be more careful about the waste and energy. Um, she's 70 on August the 15th and praises her parents for instilling a lifelong love of nature. She writes, perhaps even more than my father, when during his rather disjointed life, he ended up at Gordonston and was introduced to the wilds of Scotland, both land and sea. Scotland has a big influence on my mother too, as did the big skies of Norfolk and the huge fields and marshes of the Sandringham Estate. Uh, Windsor was always a, always a peace uh, haven of peace, uh, not so quiet since the, uh, since the uh, growth of um, air travel. I wonder how she actually uh, communicates to the porkers, if it's a sort of oink, oink, sort of uh, snorting type of uh, Morse code or something. So, we, we you know, it is a pig special here, a porker special here. Um, so in the week, I um, saw this article as well. Me and my boyfriend share our bed with a seven-stone rescue pig that we call Pickles. Maddie Johnson and her partner Stephen adopted the seven-stone pet Juliana in 2017, after he was displaced by flash floods 45 uh, miles away. When Maddie Johnson is really awakened by the slumber by a noise of a snoring, like a pig, it gives a whole new meaning to hogging the duvet. It's not her partner Stephen, it's her pet porker to the blame. For she's not the only animal lover share a bed in San Francisco, California, with other, uh, other, other animals as well, as they snuggle up to their seven-stone uh, pet, uh, Juliana the pig. And if you think that sounds crowded, Pickles' best mate, French Bulldog Dill, sleeps with them as well. The couple rescued Pickles in uh, February 2017 after he was displaced by flash floods 45 miles away. The new addition to the family has completely changed Maddie and Stephen's lives, uh, turning them into anti-pork-eating uh, e campaigners, and, they, uh, and, and the pig gets on well with the, with the dog too. Video content creator Maddie says, I'll take them to the beach and Pickles will be playing in the tide while Dill nervously looks on. Pickles will run around in circles until Dill finally caves and goes for a paddle. It works the other way around too, with Dill looking out for Pickles. If, uh, if uh, another dog comes over and challenges Pickles, Dill gets between them and stands his ground. Pickles is like his big bro. When you want to, want to hang out with him, you accept that it's his brother. You can always hear him saying, it's cool, it's cool. Pickles is one of us. He's a dog. He's so sweet. Maddie was astonished when Stephen agreed to the request to adopt Pickles uh, and, 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 you know, from his di displaced home. And he immediately proved to be the ideal house pig, as he instinctively only did his business in the yard. I grew up in the country and always loved the idea of having a pig. I knew from farm visits how, uh, how clever they are. 
Um, so potty training a pig, I think you need uh, one big piggy pad uh, for that uh, um, uh, productive porker. Um, so I think I'm going to uh, diversify in a sort of entrepreneurial way. I've actually decided I think I'm going to uh, get a, um, a, a, a truffling pig. Um, so I'm going to get a, a truffle pig uh, to assist me uh, when it comes to um, you know finding white and black truffles here in Colorado, because I believe they are in abundance in different places around Colorado. So they're like sniffly snout could help me uh, help me uh, uh, you know sniff out the uh, the wondrous. Um, expensive prize of a, a white or black truffle uh, i've tried george george uh, george just eats them so you know you don't want uh, your dog eating the delicacy of the truffle um but i but i think um you know i think it's gonna be something you know sounds something a little bit uh, a little bit like this here you know there we go that's, that's pierre the, uh, the the truffle hunter uh sticking his snout under a root um you, you know in the local in the sort of local park here don't know if he, uh, he's finding a black or white truffle. They're both um, decadent. I think the black truffle is actually worth a little bit more. Um, but I, I always thought that pigs would eat the truffles, but apparently they're quite well trained and intelligent, the article said. So I'm going to diversify, become more entrepreneurial, and get Pierre the uh, truffle porker to help me uh, gain, a little, gain a little bit more cash on the side. It would be absolutely fantastic. So we're having another ghastly, ghoulish, butlerfied, butler fireside ghost story here from East Anglia. Oh, we got the howling dogs in the background here. Hickling broad. In the summer, the broad is alive with the laughter and enjoyment of those thousands of pleasure seekers who turn its picturesque waters into a congested tangle of each conceivable type of sailing craft. In winter, as the cold winds rustle, the reeds and the water so picturesque in the summer have turned dark and melancholic ice. Those who have, have caused to be in the neighborhood often gather round blazing log fires, ales in hand, and listen. The wind may rattle the windows, its mournful whistling, howling like a banshee across the rooftops. But every so often there sounds from the depths of the broad, the rhythmic tattoo of a distant drum, they nod to one another, knowing the phantom drummer is once more aboard. He lived in the early years of the 19th century, a poor drummer boy who fell in love with the daughter of a rich and influential man. Knowing that his father would never consent to their marriage, they wed in secret. Each night they would meet in a small hut on the edge of Hickling Broad. In winter, when snow blanketed the countryside, and the broad was frozen over, she would come to the humble love nest and await his arrival, skating on the frozen ice, he would sound as approached by the beating as his kettle drum. Then one night as they waited, listened to the beat of the approaching husband, all went suddenly quiet. The ice had given away and sent her lover to the chilling death deep beneath the frozen broad. And so that on the winter's nights, when people stay huddled indoors, their windows bolted tight against the winter winds and the rhythmic tattoo of a ghostly drum sounds across the broad and the phantom drummer resumes his eternal search for the girl whose heart he won, whose spirit he lost long ago.
So COVID really is causing, you know, an absolute travesty amongst the the food and dining industry. Uh, Brute force and war shows in champagne war. An alarming drop in sales owing to the pandemic has led to a bitter dispute in the champagne business. On one side, celebrated champagne houses Bollinger, Moe Chandon and Piper Heinschick, which want a sharp cut in the amount of grapes turned into bubbly this autumn to stave off a glut that could cause prices to collapse. On the other, other hand, vineyard owners say they face ruin if they cannot sell their produce. In a re- regulated world of champagne, the grape yield is fixed each year by an agreement between champagne houses and the vineyards whose grapes they buy. Last year, uh, it, for instance, the authorized years was 10,200 kilograms a hectare. Well, you know what? I think if they have any excess grapes, what I'll do is bring the you know bring the grapes over here. It, it's uh, it's plenty cool enough here uh, on an evening in the summer here in Colorado, and certainly in the winter. Put the grapes into the bath, and I'll start and I'll start um, you know crushing the grapes with my feet. I'll obviously wear a sock for hygiene reasons. I have some rather garishly lovely socks. They'll slip over, maybe pull them to the knee and start crushing some grapes here. We'll get rid of the champagne surplus. It could be uh, Chateau Chappé or Chateau Chappé uh, would be you know, rather fantastic. And we could have a Colorado uh, type of bubbly champagne here um, produced here at Chappé Towers. There's a lot of hustle and bustle and wrestling uh, amongst uh, uh, the French champagne producers. And also the French farmers are accused of ruining fly fishing mecca to make Comté. The makers of the France, France's most popular traditional cheese have been accused of causing so much pollution that the trout are dying out in the river, known for a haven for fly fishing. Environmental Association claimed in an open letter to dairy farmers whose milk goes into the Comté, the hard cheese from eastern France, were wrecking havoc uh, when they're trying to grow more grass for the cows to make the cheese. Um, it, in an earlier scientific survey, the fertilizing pesticides and dung from dairy farms were ra- largely responsible for algae flourishing in the river. Comté sales has increased by 22% over the last decade to 40, uh, nearly 60,000 tons in 2018, three times more than Roquefort um, or any other traditional dairy product. Only industrial cheese sells more in France. Uh, it's absolutely delicious, fruity flavored cheese, I have to say. Um, but it's causing an absolute rumpus when it compares uh, when it goes to the uh, the fly fishermen. But I actually prefer Comté to Roquefort. Um, it is a, a delicate and delicious uh, cheese. So, have you been waiting to get your hands on a pair of KFC Crocs, a fanciful footwear collaboration between Kentucky Fried Chicken and the molded clog maker Crocs? Have you heard about them? Did you hear about them in February during New York Fashion Week? Well, sorry, friends, to report, unless you were one of the few lucky uh, uh, people to manage to snatch up a pair of the coveted uh, KFC Crocs, um, they were sold out after one hour yesterday. So here we go. First of all, the most... I, I, I hear they're comfortable, but they're the most insipid piece of attire I think I've ever heard. KFC Crocs, a cornucopia of wonderful fried chicken and the ugly crock. How can you put the two together? How can you put uh, delicious, unctuous fried chicken together with an ugly crock? Um, you know, when I first ha- heard about it, I thought it was um, something to do with uh, crocodile meat nuggets or something. But 
it's singly the ugliest foot attire ever. I mean, come on, get a loafer, man. We have a lot of pig news and pork news and French news this week. Outdoor heater bang gets a cool reception from Parisian bar owners. Outdoor drinkers face a chilly time this winter after a decision by the French government to fight global warming by banning bars and restaurants from heating their terraces. So I think I would use a little heater francaise to keep my mauls or cockles warm and uh, take a, a decadent pan au chocolat and prop it up so inside the heater to melt that chocolate. I think a, a stealthy, uh, you know, a stealthy piece of the chocolate placed in baguettes fine. Um, it's almost like a poor man's pan au chocolat. So there we go. I think I would like the heaters uh, to heat the cockles warm, and then uh, either in a baguette, some uh, stealthy piece of the chocolate in a baguette to uh, replicate a pan au chocolat if you can't get it, or the actual real McCoy, the pan au chocolat. Put it up in the heater, because you do need those pieces of chocolate nice and melty when you, uh, when you take a lovely, delicious bite. So baseball has returned. I actually do like baseball. It's a sort of um, poor man's cricket in some ways, um, but I do like it. Uh, baseball's own Project Restart is a 60-game sprint down from the usual 162-game marathon um, and it's guided by 113-page manual of protocols that range from the expected no public transportation to the stadium, no communal food spreads, to the uh, to uh, you know no spitting, no chewing tobacco. There's also a call for no fighting. Though maybe some uh, someone may want to note that the margins of the regular rule book uh, until normality returns. So no tussles uh, in the bullpen. Uh, compared to cricket, though. There's a little bit of a comparison here. It's like comparing apples and oranges in some ways. So in cricket, no saliva on the balls or no excess saliva rubbed into the balls anymore. Only sweat. Pristine white trousers obligatory. No grass stains at the beginning of the game. Sticky wickets are allowed, along with googlies. And crust must be cut off the sandwiches. And there was always social distancing at Silly Mid-Off. So I saw Tay-Tay, Taylor Swift, in a week. She's uh, released that... Uh, fantastic new album um, in the last uh, couple of weeks here. She may have sold 50 million albums, including Time Magazine's Most Influential People. Um, but in her latest, uh, in her latest release, um, she uh, she's seen wearing a soft white cable knit cardigan. This is a fabulous fashion standout, um, and it's uh, it, it can be seen, and you can actually buy the cardigan for 49 dollars. On the um, uh, on her on 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 her on her website, it's a it's a classic, old-fashioned uh, cable net, um, and I think it's actually seen in one of her uh, uh, videos. Um, al after almost drowning in a fantasy ocean, Tay Tay finds comfort in finally wearing the eponymous cardigan and crooning thoughtfully by the fireside, Valdunican style. I felt like I was an old cardigan under somebody's bed. You put me on and said I was your favorite. Now, I do love a cable knit cardigan, uh, cream, ideally, embossed with maybe a little bit of red around the collar there, uh, almost like a cricket sweater. Because a cricket sweater, even if it's boiling hot outside, the mercury's rising, you're sweating, um, you're, you, you know, you, it's, a, it's an severely hot day, then you still have to drape the cricket sweater, the cable knit, cardigan or cricket sweater round the neck it is the epitome of uh, old style fashion 
Um, not talking about uh, the Smiths, because I know they like cardigans in the 1980s, the band the Smiths, but I'm thinking more sort of W.G. Grace. Loosely wrapped around the neck, uh, can keep you warm, uh, keep, can keep the neck warm, and it is a, it is a, a fashion, a point of fashion, that, uh, that, is, uh, that is nostalgic, and uh, I'll never tire of it. Okay, we have a, on our bumper edition of podcast this week, we have another edition of Scallywag Darts. Uh, but this, this is truly too good to be true. Um, they, they, we, you know, we're going straight to Chappie's special prize. No missing the board, triple 20 or bullseye here. It is, it is right down. You know, we have, you know, without a doubt, it's Chappie's special prize. I mean, it, you know, to be honest, I think we need uh, a little bit of uh, uh, percussion here. We need some punctuation as well. Um, so let's have a bit, bit, we'll have some big bang going on here. All right, we've got some, we've got some big Ben, uh, maybe. All right, we've got everything going on here right now. I think we could do with uh, maybe, uh, maybe a. Uh, maybe some bacon cooking in celebration as well. Got a bit of bacon cooking in celebration there as well. Um, maybe a drum roll. Uh, maybe this. Okay, so here we go. We have we have we have Chappie's we have Chappie's special prize uh, this week on uh, on on Scallywag Darts here. Um, and, it, and it comes from uh, Tony Braxton, revealing that she uses a vibrator to depuff her eyes. Celebrities have been known for wacky extreme beauty secrets. Tony Braxton took things to another level as she revealed a vibrator was uh, a real beauty secret. Recording at home for Vogue Beauty, she uh, she gave away this, uh, this 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 dastardly secret. This thing right here, okay, I'm going to be honest. She's holding up a purple device, is a vibrator, but she also calls it uh, a face tingler. As she started her beauty routine, she went makeup free with hydrating products on her face. Her main reason for the unusual device in her routine, she believes, that it just activates those face muscles. Um, sometimes I put it in the freezer and it gets really cold and I just rub it as she demonstrates rubbing the bulbous portion of the device under her eye area. We are working it today under my eyes. They're really, really uh, important to me. So, so Tony uses the vibrator to get rid of puffy eyes. Uh, don't you think uh, that some, some of the uh, ooh-la-la branches emanating from certain uh, types of these devices uh, or emanating from the solid trunk of the device um, it could make the eyes rather bloodshot you, you could literally uh, literally poke your eye out um, buzz rabbit buzz rabbit buzz 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 it'll poke your eye out 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 buzz rabbit buzz rabbit buzz 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 it'll poke your eye out eye out eye out 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 
So thank you very much for listening to this uh, double laminated edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese this week. Two episodes for the price of one. Um, let's uh, let's finish uh, on a on a poem. Uh, summer stars by Carl Sandburg. Bend low again, night of summer stars. So near you are, sky of summer stars. So near a long arm man can pick off stars. Pick what he wants in the sky bowl. So near you are, summer stars. So near, strumming, strumming. So lazy and humstrumming. Thank you for listening to the podcast this week. Uh, have a safe one. Uh, come back to this little whimsical little ramshackle portal near you very, very soon. And cheerio for now.